everybody, welcome back to the Active Dads podcast. Um, like we discussed in the last podcast, we're going over kind of one of our favorite hobbies. So this is going to be part two of the hunting podcast. This is, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so we covered a lot of stuff in the first podcast, but you know, there's always more on this topic. I mean, there are huge podcasts that are devoted to nothing but hunting. If you listen to the Joe Rogan experience, he talks a lot about hunting, mm-hmm. mainly elk. I don't yeah. really know that he hunts other animals whatsoever. Unfortunately, I have not been out on an elk hunt yet, but I'd like to get out there one day. It's just yeah. a hard to fit that into the schedule. And, you know, if you're a new dad, you'll learn that it's hard to fit that into the budget as well. I mean, anytime I'm in the woods, I'm on an elk hunt. Yeah, if one pops um, up. But, you know. That's interesting, ain't it? Um, yeah. So, North Carolina don't have an elk season. What's up with that? Oh, you know, you got to have an elk population. <laughs> yeah. It's very oh, true. Two elk were spotted. We opened the season. <laughs> yeah. There are no more elk. <laughs> yeah. That season would stay open for about 15 minutes. Yep. Yeah. Oh, but no, so there's a couple of animals that I want to hunt. Elk is definitely on the list of those. Um, other than that, I've always wanted to go bear hunting and yeah. uh, boar hunting. I've never done yeah. either one of those. Both of those can be done in North Carolina. But oh, absolutely. again, just trying to figure out extra time in my schedule is already rough. Yeah. But no, uh, I know South Mountain, there's plenty of bear spotted up there. And that's where some of the people that I know who have dropped bear have done that. Oh, up yeah. There. We actually got quite a few in our neighborhood. Yeah. So, I mean, you can drop one from my front porch. <laughs> See? <clears throat> that's what you want to do? Deer, bear, yeah. you, you name it. It pretty much runs through the yard sometime throughout the day. <laughs> nice. Well, yeah, so we talked about a little bit of hunter's safety in the last one. But keep in mind, guys, like, I know safety is never the fun thing to do, but it's pretty important. You yeah. know, don't get me wrong. I've been in some, like bad situations because of my reckless behaviors when I was younger. But when it came to firearm safety, I was always down for that. Um, Cause you know, I mean, those are permanent decisions, Yeah, you know, but the simple thing, like we talked about in the first podcast of just knowing how to handle a gun, right. knowing how to clean them, how to properly maintain them, knowing how to just check if it's empty. Yeah. You know, I mean, don't get me wrong. There's, I've been handed some uh, firearms in my life to where I really didn't know what I was doing. I remember the first time my buddy handed me an AR-15, you know. And yeah. I'm used to single shots and mm-hmm. bolt actions and all that, and oh, he yeah. handed me this thing. I'm like, what? I'm like, Way too many moving parts. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> he handed it to me. I grabbed it by the stock. I was like, how, how do you open the chamber on this thing? Yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, I've literally never seen one of these before in my life. And he showed me like how to open it, clear it. And he showed me how to like break it down to the point of cleaning and replacing yeah. parts and stuff like that. So I played with one before I actually bought one. And uh, now that I have one, man, it's excellent. I really yeah. like it. You know, and that's one thing that I would use for like small varmint or uh, maybe hog, depending on like distance. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't trust that thing on a large animal. Um, Really, anything over 70, 80 pounds, yeah. I wouldn't trust it any further than 120 oh, yeah. yards. You know, and that's one thing too is understanding what you're hunting and what weapon you need to get the job done. Right. All right. Like we talked about before, I'm a huge fan of taking ethical shots. And one of the big issues with taking an ethical shot is understanding what your weapon is capable of doing. Yeah. You know, I would, <clears throat> although I know there have been many, many deer killed 
with a 22 Magnum. I would never hunt deer with a 22 Magnum. Really? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I know a lot of people who have. Oh, man, that's not yeah. a... It's not I ain't a... saying the first shot got them, but I'm saying they were killed with a 22. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've seen it, seen it done. <clears throat> yeah. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I'm a big fan of my 270. Um, 270 is great because you're, like, right on the cusp of having enough power to kill anything yeah. within 300 yards. But you're not to the point where you're dropping four or five dollars per round. I am a, no. I am an old, I am a fan of the old cowboy lever action thirty thirties. Mm-hmm. Dude, um, that was my first rifle. I hunted yeah. with that thing for six years, man. It's I love it. Something about those rifles, you know, mm, old lever action. I mean, there's a whole spread of you know, nice ones, you know, from Henry to mm-hmm. you name it. They're just yeah. gorgeous, fun to hold in your hand, and really fun to shoot. Very fun to shoot and an excellent bush gun. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, a thirty thirty, it's probably like tip of the barrel to yeah. back of the stock. You're looking at maybe 30 inches, mm-hmm. 32 inches. So, yeah. like, you put it on a sling on your back, you ain't going to catch it on a brush. You ain't catching yeah. it on a if limb. If you like anything. a running gun, that's the, that's my choice. Yeah, until like. it comes time to reload. Yeah. <laughs> Mine yeah. was pretty tight. You yeah. weren't doing that little old school spaghetti western sling it forward and hold oh, the lever in your fingers no I don't mind I'd break your fingers <laughs> mine was pretty heavy mine didn't have that little easy yeah. flip to it mm-hmm. but no it was an excellent gun I liked it but again you know like you gotta know your range on it oh yeah absolutely like there's a reason why they put scopes on them things <laughs> I mean, buy I mean you can throw a scope on there you but... can throw a scope on there but how far would you trust it taking a shot on a buck like wide open field, no trees, no, no like shooting across the cornfield, mm. and you can see it above the stalk. Mm. I don't know. I might think nah, about that. That's what I'm saying. I wouldn't say over two. Definitely not. <laughs> no, because that thirty thirty is going to have a pretty decent drop on it. Yeah. Hey. <clears throat> one twenty five, one thirty, something like that. Yeah. yeah, I'd go with that. Yeah. And keep in mind, you know, a lot of shots, especially For around ethical, here. Ethical, anyway. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like a like a shot you would actually take right. on a deer. And not want to chase it around for three miles. Yeah. That's another thing, too, man. Like one thing, I like taking ethical shots because, obviously, that's the fastest way just to put them down. Yeah. Like, try to minimize the suffering as much as possible. But, too, man, like, you don't want to stalk that thing. No. I've tracked and tracked and tracked. That was one that Dad shot. I, we probably tracked that thing over a quarter of a mile. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, you know, like, you get to the go blood drop and then you got to do a 360 around it to find the next one and then you right. find that one it's like the world's worst scavenger hunt on the planet yeah. <laughs> and that kind of leads me to another part of hunting and preparations mm-hmm. for hunting and one of our main you know parts of the podcast I guess or basis for the podcast being fit mm. and how does that fit into your hunting and so like I don't know if you know, now it's become it's become a lot bigger with, you know, social media and like Cameron Haynes and a lot of those guys and all those organizations um, that are that are kind of combining, you know, exercise and hunting mm-hmm. um, and endurance making, you know, turning into what it really is an endurance sport, especially when you're elk hunting and things like that and elevation. I mean, if you're not if you don't have endurance, you're not physically fit, you're, you're not going to have a good experience, you know out west or you know in the colorado mountains or wherever elk hunting 
And then a lot can be said for that around here as well, because I run into so many people and there's like this, I don't know, this, like where I, where I live, there's this, oh, you know, fit bicycle rider, weightlifter guy, ain't no hunter, you know, cause we're all, you know, this is our thing. This is your thing. There's this, I don't know, this disdain. It's a little for, divide. A little yeah. divide there. Like, mm. but then yeah, you go on these hunts and. And you see these people that <clears throat> can't hike a quarter yeah. of a mile or a half mile, or they got their stand right beside where they park the truck. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I mean, there's a, hey, whatever floats your boat. But you know, it's it's still one of those things where you have to take not only your health and safety and concern into your you know into your hands, but in other people. I mean, the last thing you want to do is go hiking up a mountain, have a heart attack, you know, on the side of a trail. Um, a and not have anybody there with you or somebody to help you, but B, I mean, just think of other people that are, you know, here comes the rescue people, here comes the the firemen and the paramedics and all those folks that are having to go out into the wilderness to find you because you mm-hmm. had, fell out on a quarter mile hike up a mountain yeah. if you have deer hunting. Well, I mean, so it's not only that, right? We uh, whenever we talked about physical fitness, it's always about those emergency situations that nobody thinks they're going to find themselves in. Oh, yeah. If you're physically fit, it's a lot easier to deal with that. But also, man, just the, just the like daily grind of hunting too, right? Yeah. So let's say you, you know, you walk a 10th of a mile out to your tree stand where you're climbing up tree stand, Mm -hmm. you're hanging out, you see a nice deer, you know, a hundred yards away, you shoot it. Didn't get an ethical, or excuse me, I don't want to call it not an ethical shot, but you didn't get as clean of a shot as you wanted, and it runs off. Well, that's fine. It's going to run for cover. Mm-hmm. So you find it, you know, let's say another tenth of a mile away, and it's a pretty decent-sized buck. We'll give it 130 pounds. Mm-hmm. Well, now it's in the middle of a briar thicket, yeah. and you get to climb in there and drag it out. All right. And I don't know if you've ever tried dragging a deer before, but mm-hmm. A, I'll tell you, I always drag it by the horns. Mm-hmm. I did not know this until like the third one I drug out. My dad was talking to me. He's like, always grab it by the horns. It's like, what do you mean? What does it matter? I mean, it's, you know, it's the same weight either way. Why does it matter if you drag it by the horns or the front legs versus yeah. the back legs? Yeah. Well, it's the way their hair grows. Their hair grows back. So right. if you're dragging it by a back leg, it's gripping the ground a lot. Mm-hmm. And like, resistance I, yeah the resistance, resistance makes training, go for it yeah i mean it makes a big difference yeah, you spin that thing around you drag it head first and the hair mm-hmm. lays down it just slides right across stuff yep. i never thought about that mm-hmm. but it's just something dad always did and he told me about it. i'm like well that makes perfect sense mm-hmm. but still man i mean you know i carry a rope with me that way i can tie it off to my shoulder line and my hip yeah. line and walk it out but it's oh, yeah. still heavy yeah, i mean it's literally dead weight there yeah. ain't plastic slides on it. i know they got sleds now and they got electric motorcycles that you can go into it atvs and all that but just dragging it out is part of the experience right you know i mean that's one of the things like what you know most of the video you watch with cam and those guys they'll go out and shoot deer and, mm-hmm. and oh, whatnot they'll quarter and, it up and they, i mean they are so they also aren't shooting 130 pound deer either. yeah they're shooting like thousand pound elk because <laughs> you'll see them throw some of those deer over their shoulders you know and yeah. the whole thing is okay I took this big deer and this mm-hmm. big deer is going over my shoulders and I'm going to walk it out to where we're going to clean it, quarter it and everything yep. else. And I mean, that's just part, like I said, that's part of it. And, yep. <clears throat> you know, th- that's one of the reasons, like, that's one of the biggest things I get out of hunting is the actual, you know, the endurance end of it. 
because um, like I said in the, I think the last podcast it's that getting out there and hiking and <clears throat> and scouting and and then of course retrieving the harvest and all those mm-hmm. good things I mean when I can go out there and have a good hunt and get a good workout in it's like the best of both worlds yeah <clears throat> yeah, yeah I mean it's I sometimes I just don't you know there's there I mean there's a lot to be said for that having a stand that's 30, 30 yards from where you park at mm. But, I mean, I've hunted off my back porch before, too. Right. So, like, I'm yeah. not saying don't make it easy on yourself. Right. But the big thing about it is you have to go to where they are. Yeah. Normally, they're on the wood line whenever yeah. you bait them to the wood line. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're actually going, especially, like, you know, you go to game lands, your tree ain't going to be 30 yards in the woods. Right. Your tree that you want to climb up in is going to be dead center of the land as much as you can get to there. Yeah. You know? And anytime you go in game lands, you know, you always want to scout it out beforehand. Mm-hmm. Don't just pop up at 4 o'clock in the morning and then walk through there and find you a tree. Like, go a day early, walk mm-hmm. through the woods, obviously, put on as much orange as you can and don't make too much noise. <laughs> Preferably do this before season. But either way, you want to look for rubs. You want to look for rubs or, uh, excuse me, rubs, like scrapes, scrapes, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you want to make sure that you're on the path to where something's going to be moving through. Right. You don't want to waste your time climb up in a tree of a place you've never been before, not see any signs. Not one sign in there. Yeah. It's probably not the good setup. Nope. It's a guaranteed waste. Of, well, I mean, I ain't going to say guaranteed because you never know. But, I mean, if you're actually looking to have a successful hunt, then you kind of got to gotta work for it. I mean, there's oh, course, some work man. involved. I mean, there's a ton of prep work. You know, mm-hmm. the place that I've been hunting for, how old am I? 34, place I've been hunting for the past. 25 30 years yeah we've always prepped it you know yeah. we go out there set some cameras up pour some corn out every year before the season comes up we'll go out there and walk through see if they've changed course any usually yeah. it's the same path um they may you know move downhill 10 feet or move uphill 20 feet or something like yeah. that but it's normally like in the same general area yeah we've always spent you know a few weeks going in and you know cleaning out food plots seeding food plots you know mm-hmm. fertilizing food plots the whole nine yards i mean yeah. it's hard work it's it's farm work i mean that's a lot man you're carrying a 40 pound bag of mm-hmm. corn up a ravine through briar patches across creeks everything Especially else when man you're, where you at? when you're doing a you know half acre food plot out of the middle of nowhere I mean, no, i've never done anything that big yeah we did some pretty big food plots which were great food plots um and and you know uh, some really big deer on. I've got some great pictures on those mm-hmm. plots. Um, but those were those. Well, there's a couple over near the house, and then there was the some in Surrey County when we hunted there. Was some big plots, and we spent a lot of time. I mean, it was just prepping ground, mm-hmm. tilling, sowing the whole nine yards. Yeah, I thought about trying some of that uh, throw and grow. I ain't tried none of that out there. Cause like it says, the my place out in <clears throat> well. A different yeah. county. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. No, nah, out there's the nice ravine with a creek going through it and everything. So I think it'd be a good place to put out some throwing growers. Oh, a little yeah. place where the trees open up and the canopy actually gets some sunlight. Or yeah. the canopy parts to where the ground gets some sunlight. So I think it'd be a good place for some. I just ain't never took the time to actually do it. Yeah, I mean, we just, we've had a look out of I mean, we would grow a few different clover plots and then some mixture, you know, beets and winter peas and mm-hmm. – um, uh, soy, soybeans on some of them. Um, yeah, corn. Hmm. Yeah, gotcha. Good luck. <laughs> yeah. So other supplies. Uh, 
obviously you want to dress for whatever the weather is. That's one of the big reasons why I'm not a huge fan of bow hunting is because like it's still hot out. I said, oh, yeah. I said what two Saturdays ago? No, yeah, two Saturdays ago. Sweating. Yeah. Like I had a long sleeve shirt on, not a hoodie, not a coat. I have my camo pants on, hat, all that stuff, and I'm sitting out there sweating my butt off. Yeah. Like I, I didn't want to break out the shorts and t-shirt, but I really felt like I oh, should. Yeah. <laughs> but no. And one thing that gets a lot of people in trouble is whenever it's cold out, people actually end up freezing because they start sweating. Oh, Remember, yeah. guys, you want to do layers, and you want to be cold walking in. Absolutely. If you're cold walking in, then you're good. Once you get to the stand, you know, if you need some hot hands or something like that, it's perfectly fine. Yeah. But if you zip up to where you're warm getting out of the truck, you're going to sweat on the way there, and then that sweat is going to start to freeze. It's going yeah. to be cold. I generally, would, would generally, depending on the temp, but generally walk in almost in base layers. Yeah. So then, I, I do bibs and a coat. So whenever I'm getting out of the truck and walking in there, I unzip my coat, I unzip my bibs all the way down. Yeah. And that way I can get that cold air into my actual like body. That way my mm. core temperature doesn't start going up on the walk yeah. in. Because most of mine, I've got about probably, I don't know, three to 500 yards from the place where we park to where the stand is. Yeah, A couple of them are just real little short walks, but most of them are a pretty decent walk because we yeah. try to keep the trucks and the sound and all that stuff from mm-hmm. spooking up the deer so whenever i walk in sometimes i'll walk by a couple of them they're bedded down i just kind of shoo them off hang out in the dark for about 10 minutes and then start walking a different mm-hmm. direction to go around yeah so anytime you spook them up don't like spook them up and then walk right to your stand because yeah. they're gonna probably hang out for that oh yeah so you do a little you spook them off and then do a little box turn and Mm. make sure you don't get turned around in there but box turn around that way they don't see what direction you're walking towards it'd be a lot easier that day yeah they're not they're not dumb no they're not and like they're not the most intelligent things in the world but i mean they're observant right that's how they stay alive is being observant so if they see what you're doing they'll keep eyes on you for a little bit yeah yeah i mean that's and that's the thing like and, and you have you know how bad like i sweat like a pig Mm-hmm. it's just it is what it is i get hot you know realistically when i run in the winter time i can minim go with minimal layers and be just fine once i'm moving because too much and i'm sweating like a pig i don't mm-hmm. care if it's 10 degrees outside <clears throat> so realistically usually in the winter time if i you know i'm usually walking in in base layers um and then once i get to the stand i'll put on you know my pants and coat Mm-hmm. As a, before I can get up in the tree. Um, but, yeah, that's one I see people mess up on a lot. They'll get no, in big time. put on everything and oh, then yeah. start walking in. And <clears throat> yeah, you meet them out there, and they look like the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man. Oh, like, yeah. Dude, you're going to have such a bad day. <laughs> yeah, especially, I mean, you know, you get by with it on, you know, 100 yards, whatever. Yeah. But when you get into, you know, some of our some of our stands, you know, you're, you're – you're working to get to and they're two plus miles hmm. and it's a mile of rolling woodland and then another mile hmm. of just rocks and vertical trail to get yeah. to them i mean that's hmm. where the big deer are you gotta get where they're at um yeah so do that and uh you know like we talked about in the last podcast you don't have to go expensive for this 
No. My favorite brand when it comes to hunting material is Magellan. Yeah. It's quality stuff. I mm-hmm. think my bibs ran me like 60 bucks. I've been in, you know, 30 to 40 foot in a tree with it snowing and the wind blowing. Yeah. And those things are perfectly fine. I put on jeans underneath them, throw my bibs on, throw a Carhartt coat over it, and I'm good to go, man. I do have one thing I did. Well, I say sparge. It was like 20 bucks. But I got one of those fanny packs oh, yeah. with the little hand muff yeah. in behind oh, it. Yeah, you can put your hands in. Yeah. Dude, that thing is perfect, man. Mm-hmm. I was up there uh, what, last season when we had those couple real cold days. It was mm-hmm. like in the teens. Yeah. I mean, everything was hurting. My fan, my hands were great. So, like, with me, too, I've kind of got, like, some uh, – I got a jacked-up trigger finger. On my right hand, you can see my knuckle in the wintertime splits and cracks open because – Whenever I hunt, I don't put a glove on my right hand. That yeah. way you can feel your safety, all that stuff. But I wear a glove on my left hand because that's holding the stock most yeah. of the time. So I'll kind of sit there with my right hand in my little cubby hole in the fanny pack. And then my left hand is just gloved out holding the stock. That way I don't have to do a lot of movement. You know, if I'm like setting up, reading a book or whatever, I'll put both hands in there and keep them warm. So oddly enough, <clears throat> the feet's got those thinner and a hunter green that are pretty sweet. That would be perfect for that. Yeah. Well, I've got some glove liners now. Yeah. Because, you know, when I first started hunting, they didn't have glove liners. They didn't have all this fancy stuff. The wool would itch you so bad you felt like you had Mm -hmm. fleas. Mm -hmm. Like, I just wasn't a big fan of any of that. So, you know, now I've got some better gloves to where I can actually feel the texture of stuff. But before, man, it was just those, you know, this half an inch thick. You couldn't feel texture of anything. No, no, no. You know, so, like, with that, the damage has just been done on my joint or well the joint itself but my skin too it cracks open bleeds and everything else because i've just destroyed it i used to be bad about cutting the trigger finger out of the gloves oh yeah whenever i did it because when i had that 30 30 you know it's got a smaller trigger uh guard Mm -hmm. than most rifles do now so like i couldn't stuff it in there and then feel comfortable not pulling the trigger once i got that big gloved sausage finger in the trigger guard so that's when i cleared that out but now yeah i use one of those glove uh liners on this hand i still use a glove on my left hand but like i said it's just little stuff but yeah get some quality stuff you're going to enjoy it a lot better if you do yeah and i two, mean like it's good for doing anything if you're working outside oh yeah. you know if you got to change your oil whatever you throw those bibs on too they still stay warm don't listen to that don't ever change oil in your hunting clothes it does not matter it i'm not matter. saying bathing in oil but i'm saying you can lay on the cold ground and change your oil just don't be messy about it wear your carhartt overalls that you don't wear hunting <laughs> to do that whatever dude i've never had an issue with it <clears throat> ask him how many deer he's killed in the last two years that's not fair. <laughs> <laughs> and then tell me. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, actually, I got in the middle of a discussion the other day, standing out in the middle of the cold rain. Um, some guys were talking about, uh, a couple of friends were talking about the gear that they were using. And I mean, there's definitely, you can spend some dough on hunting gear. Oh, yeah, um, you go all Under Armour, you're going to have a couple of grand wrapped damn, up in all that. Yeah, I mean, and I've got some Under Armour stuff, but not the whole get up. Um, I do like base layers. I love their, yeah. they got some good base layers. Um, but there's a lot of other companies out there that make some really good base layers that aren't even mm-hmm. hunting companies. Yeah. That, well, like with me, a lot of times it's my jujitsu gear. Yeah. Like yeah. my nogi spats and like, my nogi rash guards. Yeah. I mean, like yeah. I said, I brought up, you know, defeating their woolly base layers. I mean, I wear that stuff for everything. And I mean, yeah. so I've got a set of that in my hunting kit that's just base layers of theirs that are mm-hmm. great. They were talking, I don't even, I didn't even, 
Oh, they were talking about Sitka stuff, which Sitka stuff is Sitka. nice. Yeah. I, you know, I don't own any, but, I mean, they were talking $700, $500 for bibs, for coveralls bibs and, and jacket. Yeah, and I'm just like. Can't do all that, man. Like, holy cow. I mean, I know exactly what my wife would say. <laughs> I need to give that She'd for my rifle. She'd say, that's a house payment. <laughs> yeah. Are you kidding me? You know. No, I didn't give that for my rifle. I might pay that I can't for. Can't do that. I might pay that for a pair of ostrich boots, but I'm gonna wear those puppies year round. <laughs> Priorities, right? Yeah, and I can take them and get them resold. So mm-hmm. you know, those are lifetime boots. But oh, those breeches might not make it two years. Oh yeah, yes. Yeah, I mean, that's one tumble in the woods. You fall on the wrong sharp yeah. branch. Got a nice little rip up the side of them. Oh, like you know, yeah. if you're going hunting in Alaska or something like that. I, by all means, I Sub-zero would, I would stuff. buy that for sure. But around here, eh, I mean, your lowest you're going to get, I mean, you might get in single digits, maybe. Yeah. Up in Ash or one of those I places. Still, man, like I said, as long as you like layer stuff mm-hmm. out, you're good to go. Yeah. Like I said, with my jeans on, jeans, boots, some wool socks, and my bibs, I've never been cold. And by the way, he skis in jeans too, just so you know. I don't ski at all. I snowboarded like four <laughs> times jeans. in my life. <laughs> Actually, I wasn't. <laughs> but that's we neither all were. here nor there. <laughs> Where was I first time? Wranglers. <laughs> yeah. I thought I was awesome, too. I, I was wondering why everybody was pointing at me. I thought I was just because I was awesome. It's like, yeah. no, I said, check out that dude trying to look cool in Wranglers. <laughs> yeah, but no, that, uh, what else? Obviously, you know, any safety equipment, you don't want to go real cheap on that stuff. Oh, no. good knife. Hey, always, yeah. always keep a good knife on you. Do not go cheap on that. No sword. I wouldn't say sword. Machete, maybe. Hey, yeah, there's some. what we're doing. There's some yeah. killer. Um, uh, Gerber makes a really good machete with tree hook on it, which is yeah. fantastic. My buddy Brian. <clears throat> sold me on one like four or five years ago that I hunted mm-hmm. with <clears throat> and that puppy one just one whack on a you know one you could cut a one inch lamb just one swing of that thing yeah I mean it was just sweet. yeah if you go and go machete man I don't care what anybody says go weighted blade mm-hmm. oh yeah don't get the little thin blade oh, it ain't no. gonna stay razor sharp over three no. chops yeah, this get thing. a machete that has some weight to it. That's what's gonna send that blade through whatever branch you need. And if you're yeah. climbing up a tree stand and you need something to go with that, a weighted machete blade is gonna be perfect mm-hmm. for it. Clean up whatever you need, but also, you know, if you go cheap on a skinning knife, you're gonna be there for a while. Oh yeah. Don't go cheap on that either. Smith and Wesson makes an excellent blade. Honestly, I've cleaned two with my Kershaw pocket yeah. knife folder you yeah. know they're 50 dollar blades all right clean them perfectly and i'm excited to check out this new emerson i got yeah carry a nice uh folding saw uh silky saws are probably by far the best mm-hmm. katana blades trust me i still don't have the feeling in my left hand <laughs> <clears throat> it's been about six months yeah. going on seven i think mm-hmm. um yeah, those are some sweet folding saws because, mm-hmm. you know, you get up in a tree and there's that limb there. Well, you don't want to be hitting that limb when you're trying to take a shot because yeah. that limb is going to spook your game. Mm-hmm. And maybe Not knock you that, out. Like, you can't climb up past it either. Right. And obviously, if you already got the tree stand wrapped around it, you should have already cleaned up all the yeah. nubs beforehand, but mm-hmm. sometimes it don't happen that way. Especially if you're a climber and yeah. you're you're in one of those that are like, man, I didn't have time to scout out a spot, so I'm finding the tree. Mm-hmm. You're definitely going to be probably cutting some limbs. Yep. 
Yep. And keep in mind, you are much more likely to get cut on a dull blade than you are a sharp blade. Mm -hmm. Sharp blades don't jump or skip, so keep it sharp. Yeah. Mm. Oh, what else? What else we got? I don't want to get into the technical aspects. Yeah. Because everybody's different. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I was about to talk I'm about I'm not like, even a great hunter. I don't even know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I love hunting, but I would not say that I am a fantastic hunter myself. No, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a great fisherman. Mm-hmm. That's one thing I really love. See, I, I mean, you just put bait on it and you throw it in the water. It ain't that complicated. It is very complicated. Just pick. <laughs> if you're no, catching but, brim, it ain't complicated. Yeah. A worm, a bobber, and you're good. Exactly. No, that's fun. You can eat brim too. That's right. Hey, I don't. Oh, you have to me. I do not. You can eat the carpe as well. <laughs> I'd say you can enjoy it. I said you can eat it. Yeah. 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 But no, uh, so we got that. Like I said, you know, always prepare for what you're hunting for. Know, you know, kind of the way the animal moves if you're hunting deer. Know that there's deer in your area before you go. Yeah. It sounds like a duh thing, but I know a lot of people who just, you know, night before decide, hey, we're going to go to Pisgah Gameland, see yeah. what's out there. I'm like, cool. Well, y'all go waste a day. Let me know if you yeah. see. Anything. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not a big fan of that. I like to set up cameras. You know, obviously, Gameland, you ain't going to be able to set up cameras unless you, like, A, put them in a bear box, yeah. or B, find some other way of locking them off mm-hmm. and hope nobody steals it. But you can still go scout it out. You know, you see the most rubs, you start seeing that. You might be out there all day because you can't time it. Yeah. Me personally, I like to hunt on private land. That way I can set up a camera, kind of track them for a couple of weeks before I get their schedule down. You know, oh, yeah. didn't help me out. I hunted, what, Saturday morning and Saturday night. Supposed to be a perfect situation. I would have been out there 45 minutes before any activity. Both times didn't see a single thing. Yeah. Usually when they get the schedule down, like drastic weather changes will throw them off schedule. But with this, I got no clue what happened there. So Yeah. From what I'm, from everybody I've talked to right now, our area is pretty much shut down. Um, mm-hmm. And, but I had a couple of buddies that hunted in Ash over the weekend. They both shot bucks and they both saw numerous numerous deer so up in that area they're really starting to they're really starting to move down here still kind of locked down yeah i mean i'm seeing a lot right now i'm seeing deer at my house at got here early you know in the, yeah. in the evening anyway i was about to say mine's still not time they ain't switched over yet mm. so i'm just kind of biding time until they start switching over and we'll see how everything goes from there now but that, again like i got plenty of time left in the season i don't do a lot of my hunting until the week of yeah. thanksgiving the week of christmas that's my main hunting time i was my i was there we were at the in-laws eating dinner last night and i was there was pretty decent size one standing in the backyard at their place and i was tempted to throw the door open and <laughs> just run out screaming throw a knife at it <laughs> no i was gonna grab the old 30 not rifle season yet, buddy. I know. I said tempted. You going to call it trespassing? <laughs> it was chewing on our tree. <laughs> I swear, it's going after a dog. <laughs> it was defense, I promise. <laughs> yeah. But no. Yeah, poaching is not good either. Which, which is why we did that. Obviously, mm-hmm. we're going to we toe into our segment on anti-poaching. Mm-hmm. I was about to say, that. like, one thing about it, poaching is never a good idea. I mean, right. it's just it's just cheap. 
you ain't working for anything. But also know the hunting laws in the areas you're hunting in. Right. So a lot of people don't believe me on this, but in Lincoln County, you can hunt from your truck. Yeah. They don't, like, you can ride the roads. You see a deer. Keep in mind, landowners own the land. They do not own the wildlife on the land. Right. So, like, there's been a couple times where we've pulled the truck over to the side. The caveat to that is you cannot shoot across the road, which right. should be a duh thing for anybody. Yeah, it's you know? a duh huh thing. <laughs> yeah, don't post up while somebody's driving by. <laughs> so, well, you park on, you pull off the road on the side the deer is on, not shooting across traffic. I managed to shoot, shoot through their, the wind, their passenger and driver windshield and hit the deer. <laughs> Yeah, also glass deflects bullets, yes. trajectories, so yes. don't shoot through glass. But no, like, you can do that. So, like, a lot of people think shooting from your truck's poaching. It's not. If it's legal in your county, I don't think it's legal in Catawba County. I don't think so. <clears throat> yeah. Or Caldwell. Yeah, but Lincoln County is kind of wild west anyways out there. So, it is legal, but you have to know how to do it. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, but, yeah, so know the laws of the places that you're in. Also, if you don't plan on cleaning it yourself, know the hours of the person you're going to take it to. They got me in trouble a couple of times. Drive all the way out there. They're closed for the day. Drive the deer all the way back home. Hang it up in a tree as high as you can to make sure no, like, vultures come for it or any type of scavenger animal tries to take it out. You know, 77 and... No, this was in North middle Carolina winter. and yeah. middle of winter. <clears throat> no, if it's above 40, I'm not doing that. Yeah. If it's above 40, I'm just pulling it all night or cleaning it out. But yeah. if it, it was like, I mean, it was like, I'd say high 20s or something. I don't remember. I just yeah. remember it was cold as hell. And I took it back home, drug it out of the truck, wrapped around its hind legs, pulled it up about 12 foot in the tree, left it. Next morning, came back, got it, took it to the processors then. Yeah. So make sure you plan out time for that. Yeah, know your laws, know your seasons, mm-hmm. and for God's sakes, make sure your plug is in your shotgun, your turkey hunt, <laughs> <Yeah>. duck hunt. <laughs> Looks like you got room for a few more in here, buddy. <laughs> Oops. And if you're duck hunting, make sure you don't have any lead shot in your bag. <laughs> don't carry that any of that in with you, because mm-hmm. that's See, a sure way to get to prison. I'm not up on the duck thing. I don't understand oh, yeah. why that's a federal bird. I've never hunted duck. I'm not oh, yeah. paying duck a stamp fun. to do something I used to do on regular Nintendo. <laughs> yeah, it's so, fun. I like duck hunting. Yeah, it seems fun. I've just never really been interested. Like I said, I don't really hunt a lot of fowl. Yeah. You know, went out a couple um, dove opening days, did some turkey hunting here and there. but Flame like mignon just... in the sky? <laughs> Whatever, dude. <laughs> I'm good on that, man. I'm not a big fan of doing pheasant and small game. I'll hunt rabbit occasionally, but it's more just to watch the beagles run than anything else. You know, just yeah. hanging out with dad and my uncle while he's running the dogs. So, Yeah, I guess I I got into it through, like, <clears throat> through trap and skeet shooting. Yeah. Doing yeah, that, like, that, yeah. doing that so much on the weekends. Catching and the arch. Getting into the season, like, yeah, trap's fun. Good Lord, trap's so fun. If you mm-hmm. never shot trap, I'd suggest go shooting trap that's mm. oh. it's like it's it's golf but it's not golf because golf is terrible but it's golf with a shotgun <laughs> golf with a shotgun with multiple shotguns mm. you know you pull out oh let me pull out this shotgun let me pull out this shot let me try this one on this one yeah nah, i've just got the two well technically three but i got two of them well, with my brother-in-law's with us they're yeah. like 
like twelve in the go in the cart. See, in why, the, man? Why? Because he is. There's a, a big difference between like hunting people and gun people, and gun people are always the weirdos. The hunting people are like, oh, you know, I've got this array of firearms. This one serves this purpose. This one serves this purpose. This one, this oh, purpose. Oh, he does too. He might Gun have. people are like, yeah, man, I've got 12 9 millimeters. Which one do you think will feel better in your hand? I don't know. He's got, I mean, trust me, he may have 135, but <laughs> yeah. they all have a purpose. They all have a purpose. This one's for my four-pointers. That one's for the eight-pointers. That's pointers. right. I mean, you know, it's like well, this is the one on the other side of the neighbor's house that I'm going to shoot through. This is the one that costs three thousand dollars. If you get a scratch on it, I'm shooting you with it oh, afterwards. Yeah. yeah, I don't understand collecting guns. Well, maybe one day when the zombie apocalypse starts, you will. Maybe I will. I think that's because we're all going to be at his house collecting ammunition, not firearms. Well, he only got two hands. He also collects that. <laughs> I was like. Because I, I, I sent him a message, I think, last year, and I was like, you know, when the, the ammo shortage was, I think 9 millimeter was a biggie, and I was like, hey, yeah, and I know he does, he does a lot of his own loading, and 9 millimeters when they loads, and I was like. He loads 9 millimeters? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's an expensive hobby to get right. into. <laughs> so, so I was like, hey, uh, I, I get up, I mean. I can't find any nine millimeter. I just need to be You got a couple rounds. thousand laying around. I he's can like, buy a He's like, well, I got 50,000 rounds, but I ain't getting rid of any right now. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> no, that was the weird thing, right? So the first thing that I saw go A, out of stock, B, ridiculous in price, was nine millimeter yeah. and 223. Yep. Five, five, six wasn't far behind it, but like the one that pissed me off was whenever it went to hunting rounds. Yeah. I'm like, really? Yeah. Like, all this stuff's going down, y'all are buying up 270s? Yep. Like, can you not leave the hunters their supply for the season? When you tell people the Civil War is getting ready to start, restart, the new Civil War is coming, what do you expect? Hunting around, it don't matter. Well, I expected, like, you know, the... Cannonballs were out. You couldn't get those either. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, for the people who were buying brand new guns that didn't know anything about guns, yeah. 223, obviously. Yeah. You know, AR-15s are all over news about how dangerous they are. Oh, Ooh, yeah. the scary black gun. So I figured 223 would be gone. And nine mm-hmm. mil's a pretty popular mm-hmm. cartridge, you know. A lot of people don't want to handle a forty five and thirty eights or thirty eights. So yeah. Usually people were going nine mil. Yeah. So I'm like, cool, I expected those, but like the two seventies and the two forty threes, really? We're gonna bump those prices up because people were buying who's buying hunting rifles during this time, you know? Yeah. I was going for all black powder. I figured if we're gonna do it, we're gonna do it just like they did it back then. <laughs> We're going to stand in a straight line and march <laughs> left, right, I mean, left. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, so, I mean, I've got a ton of that, you know. And yeah. Well, I mean, like, I'm not stupid. I stocked up on my 270 stuff long before then. Every time I found it on sale at the flea market, I was buying a box of it. So, yeah, I was watching I was my favorite show that. last night. I didn't even think about it, but you should probably always, you should probably always carry a flashbang grenade with you, too. <laughs> 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 I had no clue where you were going with that. Why are you taking a flashbang? I was watching this show, man, and it's like all of a sudden the guy's being attacked, and he throws down, and he throws over his table, he pulls out his gun, he pulls out his handgun. Next thing you know, he chunks a flashbang, kaboom, and he jumps out and starts blasting these what dudes. Are you I was hunting? like, it's awesome. He was hunting. Oh man, it's people shooting okay. at him. Yeah, yeah, that's. I mean, that's a good self-defense weapon, I but guess. But since we got to talking about ammunition and guns, I was like, I suppose, man. you should maybe carry a flashbang. Mm-hmm. Right. 
Wow. I didn't even see where he was hiding the thing. It just all of a sudden came <laughs> out. Right on it, though. Ba boom. Pocket sand. I mean, and he just. Yeah. Everybody yeah, but done. like that's the thing about a flash gun or a flashbang. Like, you gonna count down in your head? You know exactly how long the timer is, or are you gonna flashbang yourself? Dude, since it, you throw it, it went exactly where he wanted. And did I'm exactly sure where he did. wanted. What movie was this? That was a TV show. What was a TV show? My favorite TV show. I can't tell because it. Well, I don't know. When are you gonna post this? Everybody's probably seen the new season opener last night. It was Yellowstone. Oh, gotcha. I missed that. Yeah. Fantastic. That's nice. I haven't caught up on the last season yet. Really? Yeah. It's one of the TV shows me and the wife were watching together, and then we never found time to actually finish it together, so we've been watching our own individual TV shows. Oh, yeah. We usually, like, I'll be watching a show, she'll watch a show, and then we'll have one show that we'll both watch when we have time. Yeah. And Yellowstone was it, but we just hadn't had time to get caught up on it. Yeah. Hmm. I'm not an excellent TV show. Tonight's but yeah, flashbangs are just... Yeah, man, whatever. Oh, so since we're talking about that, do you carry a sidearm whenever you hunt? Do I? Yeah. I didn't used to. Um, I didn't used to ever, and mm. now more than. See, I do, man. I don't get. I don't understand why people would want to like. I carry a sidearm when I go hiking. Yeah, you know? I didn't um, used to do that either. Yeah. but now I do. It's pretty important. I used. To, I've always carried a knife on me, but like here recently, like I've been on two hikes to where something was growling, yeah, or something big was moving in the yeah. woods, and this was one of them was up at Brown Mountain in Pisgah National Forest, the uh, uh, Harper Falls trails. Yeah. Yeah, so me and my wife and a couple friends were walking up through there, and literally we hear this huge commotion in the woods and then hear growling. I'm like, okay, I know there's some critters up here, so let's let's keep an eye on that way, and then we're going to get out of here. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. more so now, but then, then you think about it like when I trail run out in the middle of nowhere, I'll mm-hmm. carry a handgun. I yeah, mean, we talked about that fox experience I had, and y'all made fun of me. <laughs> but I had a, a good buddy of mine that's uh, he he's a he's a trail runner from up. Well, he actually won the I did a trod um, for Alaska in the yeah. middle of the snow. The whole the I did a trod trail, trail race. Um, but he was the one up up in Asheville years ago. He owned a running shop in Asheville, and he actually designed and built a a holster a holster for runners that he always he started carrying so when we would go up and do like we would go do night runs up in up up in Asheville you'd start it we'd start like 10 o'clock at night and run all through the night what was so special about the holster though it was just this it was very slim fitting like base layer-esque material that he could fit his handgun in and it wouldn't shake jiggle move oh okay I figured it's like a thigh loaded something or another and yeah it was it was pretty neat I can't belt above your knee I'll have to look and see. Um, but does it like, you just tuck it in your pants or is it belted or what? It's like almost like a shirt kind of type deal, like a base layer shirt. I'll have to find that, see if I can find Oh, so it's it. like a concealed carry. It is, but oh, okay, it was years you. ago and it was before anybody was even, it was yeah. before concealed carry was the big thing, you know. Nobody gotcha. carried guns except for him because he's like, Hoss, I know what's out there. <laughs> yeah. You know. I synced it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> and so, and then I was always glad to have him with us because it was always a huge, a nice big mm-hmm. gun. I mean, so yeah. a bear is going to take his head off, whatever he was carrying. So, I mean, that's just, that's it just, just him. sounds like something you don't want to run with. <laughs> <laughs> but he had made this thing to where he could run yeah. with the biggest friggin' gun he wanted. And I'm about to say you got like a nine pound 357 eight, on your side. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, that's him. He's like, I don't care as long as I don't get eaten. I'm, you know, 
as long as I can hey, separate its head from its shoulders, yeah. you know. As long as it don't shake, you're good right. to go. I can't yeah. stand to run with a cell phone in my pocket, let alone packing. Well, see, like now, so, like even when I even when I get on a bike, I mean, I'll put a small small one in the jersey pocket because you just don't know. Yeah, that's very true. All right, boss. Well, that concludes the hunting podcast part two. Oh, oh yeah. Cool. I guess this is the part where we say, "Hey, hey, we'll see you guys next year. We're taking off for the rest of the year." Yeah, I know, right? It's the holiday yeah. season. We got stuff to do. So hoop to do, dick of dick, dippity dot. Don't yeah, forget to hang stuff. up your sock because Santa Claus is coming around. Sure. All right. Well, if you made it this far, <laughs> <laughs> thank you for suffering through with us, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye.